We're joined again on the home stretch by Rob Hailstone. Rob is from Bold Legal Group. He has got loads of experience in conveyancing and he joined us last episode to speak about the Building Safety Act. So if you haven't listened to that, I would urge you to go back and listen to it. As Rob said, we can't fit everything into a half an hour slot, but he did a bloody good job of educating us just a little bit and encouraging everyone to go and find out more about it and see what you need to do. So thank you, Rob, for coming back. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be back. I hope it's slightly easier than the Building Safety Act. Exactly. Well, we're going to make it a lot easier for you. I've just got a couple of questions and I want to start off with a really easy one because I want to know, and I'm sure a lot of estate agents want to know, what makes a good conveyancer? And you should be able to answer this because you were one and are one for so many years. That's a very complicated question, actually, Holly, Um, (laughs) because I think what makes a good conveyancer now is very difficult different to what made a good conveyancer 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, Back in the day when I was at the cold phase, to be a good conveyancer, I guess you needed to have a good understanding of the Law of Property Act, um, good education, etc., understand unregistered titles. Nowadays, maybe not so much, certainly not with unregistered titles, but you still need vast knowledge, I think experience and good education. Uh, what makes a good conveyancer now, I think, mainly being able to spin so many plates. Uh, back in the day, I had about seven or ten plates to keep spinning at any one time. Now they've got 20, 25 or even more, and they're growing by the day with climate change searches, um, the Building Safety Act. There's other stuff coming up from the um, Leveling Up Department soon. It just gets more and more complicated. And I wonder... What is going to be the the final straw that breaks breaks the uh, camel's back as far as conveyancers are concerned? And Ian knows what makes a good conveyancer. Yeah. What about from your point of view, Ian, from an estate agent's point of view, what to you do you want a conveyancer to be really good at? I'm going to sound like Liz Trust when I answer this question. Communication, communication, communication. Um, And that is... uh, a flippant answer, but it is ultimately the most important thing because we all know that, that moving home is um, the fourth most stressful thing that a person can do in their life. And we've got to really think about it from the consumer's perspective. A person agrees a house to a, a, a price on their property and they think they're going to be moving in a month to six weeks. That's probably the impression that they've got. They don't realise it's going to take, as it currently stands, four to six months because of all of this. And so there's a huge education process which can only be delivered through communication to agents and to the consumer. Um, So those are the three things, but but the sensible answer is efficiency. We've got to drive some efficiency into the process. I would like to see things not done in a linear manner where conveyances just will only do one certain thing when another thing's been done. So taking instructions from the client um, and doing things to find, to speed up the process. And for me, the most, uh, the, the best conveyances at the moment out there are the ones that actually recognize and understand their worth. They're not chasing volume business. They're prepared to charge a little bit more to offer the right level of service to speed up the process. Yeah, and I, th- I think also from the client's point of view, some empathy and understanding of uh, why the client's moving, the possible time scales they want to move in, put yourselves in their shoes, 
um, so you can understand what, why they're doing it and show yeah. that empathy too with them so that you can build that trust with them. I'm a, I've always been a huge fan and advocate of conveyances. I think conveyances have got a very, very difficult job. By definition, they are different to salespeople. You have the demographic profile of an individual that is into detail is very different to a profile of a person that is a salesperson. Um, and I think it's just for both sides of the camp to recognize that the personality traits are going to be different, but that's exactly what you want. You want the, the attention to detail person being the conveyancer. Yeah, unfortunately, I think, you know, conveyances are trained to look through the, the title, the documents, the searches, and actually look for a problem because they don't want their client to inherit that problem when they buy the property or have that problem come up again when they sell the property. So to a degree, we are doom and gloom merchants. We are looking for the problem. Hopefully there won't be one. And hopefully if there is one, it can be rectified you know, before exchange, before completion, et cetera. But we are looking for the pro problem so that it doesn't back and bite someone on the bum later on. I said this at your last conference, Rob, um, for every transaction, you've got a buyer and seller, they've got their respective conveyances, they might have mortgages, they've also got surveyors. So for every side of the equation, you've got four people whose um, objectives are diametrically opposed to the other person. So of course, there's going to be problems. Sales is not um, the avoidance of problems, but it's the ability to deal with them. And it's just recognising that and understanding it. Yeah, but I think the one thing we have got in common is we all should want to at least um, turn over our cash flow as quickly as possible. Absolutely right. And help customers. To yeah, move everybody home. wants to complete the transaction and get paid as quickly as possible yeah. with taking, uh, you know, without cutting corners. Yeah. So, Rob, um, and Holly, apologies. I know that you came up with this question, but I'm going to nick it because it's such a good one. Is AI going to make a difference? I think, in all honesty, it's probably a bit too early to say but more than likely, yes. Um, and as AI continues to develop um, with some of the routine tasks and questions involved in AI, uh, in conveyancing, sorry, I know there are a few law firms out there trialing in-house at the moment. So we should hear what the pros and cons are later this year. I think the $64,000 question for everybody is, will it take our jobs away from us? And that's not just conveyances. So I think we have to see how the rest of this year goes with AI. But it, it's out there and I think it will be able to help. But people are also scared of it, understandably. With, with the 22, 20 to 25 more plates to spin, is there, is there a way in which conveyances can find more efficiency to speed things up? Forget about all of the evolution. This product's coming, that product's coming. The reality is we are where we are at the moment. And agents are explaining, there was chat in the Facebook group, the Guild Facebook group only last weekend saying, um, guys, have you got lots of completions this weekend? Because it's the lowest I've had in the last 20 years for a bank holiday weekend. Um, and is there anything practical that estate agents and conveyancers can do to work together to speed up the process as it currently stands? Well, I think you can probably guess what my answer will be to that question. Having been after a conveyancer, dare I say it, a hip provider. Uh, yeah. And okay, I know hips weren't very good at all, uh, but I think they would have been a great foundation to build on. Yeah. Um, we now have material information changes coming down the road at us. Uh, I think this is the time to look at information up front once again. Yeah. I would say yes, you know, get your conveyancer instructed as soon as possible. So certainly for the seller anyway, and try and get them to open a file, compile a contract pack, a seller's pack, 
call it what you will, a replacement hip, don't call it that because nobody will like it, but get some work done whilst the property is on the market so you can hit the ground running when a buyer's been found. It's not rocket science. So I completely agree with the theory of that, and you and I used to do it. Um, the, what's the practical delivery of that from a conveyancer's perspective when they're already overworked, got too many files? Are they going to really spend time on a uh, property that hasn't got a buyer versus actually trying to get an existing chain through? I think if you go back a year, probably not. It, but as you just implied, it's getting a little bit quieter now. Um, maybe they've got a little bit more time on their hands. And now is probably the time to start doing that and saying, OK, send me the buyer. Sorry, send me the seller. Um, I'm not going to do a massive amount of work at this stage, but I'll open a file. I'll get the ID check done. I'll do the AML, et cetera, et cetera. I'll get a copy of the deeds in maybe, get the TA6 completed, leave it at that. Just do that for now. You can go further than that. You get more copy documents from the land registry, more copy documents, buying commissions and guarantees from, from the seller, obviously. But I think once you've got that packed together, in, in theory, you can put it on the shelf, you can leave it there, and then when a buyer comes along, you take it off the shelf. This is a virtual shelf, of course, of course, and then send it out to the um, buyer's conveyancer. In fact, on LinkedIn today, somebody was saying, I always send out a complete contract pack as soon as possible, make sure everything is in it, it reduces inquiries, um, and it helps speed up the transaction. Well, that's, that's great, but why wait until the buyer's been found to do that? Why not get that pack ready before the buyer's been found? There's a cost element, I agree. And should the consumer pay for that up front? Would that be a, a good model where um, conveyances and agents actually start charging an upfront model to prepare their prepare the home properly? Yeah, I think it's got to be explained to, to the client, um, to the seller, uh, how long their transaction could take with a, with a pack and without a, a pack. Now, it's yeah. difficult to say how many days, weeks, or even months you could take off a transaction time if you've got a pack. But in some cases, it might only be a few days. In some cases, it might be a few weeks. In some cases where there's a complicated problem that was identified earlier on, you could actually save a few months even. Mm. Um, that's got to be worth a few pounds. Now, uh, who pays for it? Well, probably the seller, yes. How much will be charged? I've spoken to conveyances about this. Some have said 50 quid and some have said 500 pounds. So it depends how comprehensive a pack they want to put together. I think we've got to get the ball rolling, though, and just say, get the seller to phone the conveyancer, have a chat, discuss what the conveyancer can do for a certain amount of money, give them two or three options, maybe, and let them pick which one they want. Because, you know, what I would be doing if I were back in Exeter, when we're, where we work together, Rob or Winchester, where I have a business, is I would be building a relationship with a local conveyancing firm or two or three local conveyancing firms. And I would then sit them down in my office and I would do a video explaining the process, get the conveyancer to explain it. And on every single instruction where they sign my terms, I would say, I'm just going to go measure up your house. Please, can you just have a look at this video from a conveyancer that I recommend? And I would get them, I'd get them educated. So because I want to find efficiency, I don't want the conveyancer to have to speak to 20, 30 extra people a month because that's 20 or 30 hours a month that they've lost. If I could do a video, communicate it with the consumer at, at source and then get, then get them signed up, for me, that would be the right thing to do. Yeah, and uh, you know, if I was a conveyancer now, I'd be coming to your office and saying, look, the material information changes are coming. We've got phase A in place already. B and C will probably be uh, in place in the summer. 
Uh, part of those will include, I think, easements and restrictive covenants, which are going to cause confusion, confusion for the seller and possibly the buyer, potential buyer. Um, let's sit down, let's think about how we can work together now to preempt any problems that might array, arise when B and C come in. Uh, and I th think one of the ways to preempt that is to put together some kind of a pack at the beginning of the transaction. Just it sounds like the sort of thing that we used to do, Rob. And then you used to, and then you used to come and train the team. And any new person that joined our office, you used to come and sit down and go through with them. And we used to go for a pint on a Friday night. Yeah, I would come to your sales meetings every every month. Talk to your uh, your negotiators and the other managers. Um, on any problems we've got, and discuss the way forward any changes that are coming down the line, which is what they should be doing now. I think, and there are more changes coming down the line now than there were back in the day when we were doing this. Yeah, completely agree. I was going to say, sorry, it's got to be more like a marriage now than a friendship. I think. It definitely does sound like communication is the key thing in all of this. And you've actually got quite a few opportunities coming up, Rob, for estate agents and conveyances and people in the industry to kind of strengthen their communication, haven't you? And so you came up with the National Conveyancing Week, which has just passed um, a few weeks ago in March. Um, you've got, well, June seems to be the month for celebrations. We've got the Guild 30th birthday and you've got your summer conference in June, haven't you, Rob? I think I've got my summer conference five days after your um, 30th anniversary. You have, yes, yours 21st of June. You also mentioned you have a forum. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so very briefly, just touching on all three of those. We had National Conveyancing Week, the first one this year um, in March, which went really, really well. We had some estate agents involved as well. We're going to have another National Conveyancing Week next year just to raise the profile and understanding of conveyancers and conveyancing and what they do and how we can work together better. Um, yeah, we have our annual conference now, um, which is, uh, I have to say, always. The second one's going to be in June again. First one's 28th of June last year, this time... It's the 21st of June. I, I want to say the longest day of the year, but that makes it sound like it might be really boring. It is actually the longest <laughs> day of the year, of course. So that, that's on the 21st of June, and we're inviting conveyances along and estate agents. I'm hoping to have, and I'm still working on this, what I'm calling the big conveyancing debate. Um, and Ian has kindly uh, agreed to join that if I can get it off the ground. And I want all sectors to come together and discuss the issues with home buying and selling. When I say all sectors, I mean um, lawyers, agents, brokers, insurers, removal companies, PI companies, you know, everybody connected with uh, home buying and selling to sit down in, in one room for two or three hours on different panels and discuss why transactions are taking so long and what we can do about it and then go away some real action points because conveyancing, Home buying and selling is getting worse, not better. Uh, that makes me makes me sad to be honest. After all these years in the profession, Rob, do you think that there's a way where we could follow the American system, where buyers um, basically take out an insurance um, policy against the title, and then the conveyance is done retrospectively? Uh, it seems logical. Um, you might be putting conveyance out of a job, so I'll be careful what I say there. Um, but it's not really doable over here at the moment with the landlord system we've got, with the way financing works, unfortunately. Um, there are obviously insurance products out there for searches and title defects, but not for the whole title, no. I can't see that coming any time soon. I think we've got to improve the process we've got, really. Okay, fair. 
Well, the Guild are behind you with this forum idea and we'll help you promote it to our members and to our listeners in any way we can, because it's super important, isn't it, to improve this relationship and communication. So we appreciate you popping on again, Rob, for another episode. Again, just to reiterate, if you haven't listened to Rob's first episode, do go back and give that a listen. Um, And we will see you at one of the many events, I'm sure, in the summer, Rob. All right, thank you. Bye.